In Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Today we revel in the apocalypse. This is day 20. Welcome to the Journey Through Daniel podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Together we'll discuss the content and meaning of each passage and how the book of Daniel can help us understand more about who God is and the story He's writing for each of us every day. Welcome to the final day of the Journey Through Daniel podcast. I'm here once again with Brendan Lang. Yo, yo, yo. The sole author here. And I'm Tyler. We're carrying it across the finish line. Day 20. Yep. The end times. The end of Daniel. End of all sorts of stuff, I guess. Yeah. The little chapter title that they say for today in Daniel that we're not supposed to pay attention to is the end times. So it's fitting. I have a question for you today. Let's hear it. What would be your final meal? My final meal? You're on death row. Final meal. Man. What's the last one? That's interesting. It probably isn't like your favorite meal, is it? I don't know. I yeah, like buffalo I don't know. wings, but I don't comfort, know if I'm comfort like, food or can you even eat? Like I'm just wondering, are that's you a good in, question. in a space where I'm just thinking when life's just rough and we have no concept of what it means to eat our final. I think you're overthinking it. What's a good meal you like? <laughs> like I just want to. All right, good, well, let's go for birthday meal. No, good pizza. A that's good what I'm pizza. gonna say. Okay, yeah. that's fair. When I was thinking about this, my initial reaction was like, remember that day in Greece where we had a really bad day, but we ended like near the beach yeah. eating seafood that we didn't order. We just said, hey, bring us what's good. That was pretty good. Whenever you get to a, just an authentic place like that, and you know that you don't know the menu. And no. You don't know what you want. You don't even know, you know the language, the... actually. <laughs> but they you know, do, but they I... know what you want. It's, exactly. Yeah, that was amazing. That was a great meal. I could relive that again, for sure. Well, today we are not talking about meals, talking about sacrifices a little bit, but really all kinds of stuff. This is the end times. We're capping it off. So why don't you take us through our commentary for day 20? Day 20, the rescue and raising of faithful followers of God. Daniel 12 concludes the final vision and brings the book of Daniel to a stunning close. In the first half of the vision, we read about a series of kings who would arise to their thrones and oppress the people of God. We were told that each king would meet their just end, similar to the way previous kings in the book were humbled because of their pride. But somewhat surprisingly, we also read that some people who remained loyal to God would meet a similar fate. They would fall by sword or be burned or captured or plundered. Daniel 11.33 The death of God's faithful in Daniel 11 stands out given that in so many previous stories and visions, God rescued and raised his people to victory. God rescued Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the furnace and raised them to positions of power. God rescued Daniel from the lions and raised him to the second highest throne in Persia. God rescued the Son of Man and those he represented, giving them a kingdom that would never be destroyed. But now it seems that the furnace has burned God's followers. It seems that the lions have devoured them. It seems that the enemies of the people of God have caused their demise. So what does it mean for God to be sovereign and just if this is the end for many innocent people who courageously stayed faithful to him? Chapter 12 presents the resolution. If God's justice is to be ultimately realized in the world, the end for the faithful who have died won't be death, but will be one last great work of rescue and raising. Daniel 12, 2-3 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Here we read the clearest Old Testament reference to bodily resurrection. 
The promise of the vision is that those who remain loyal to God will be rescued from death and raised to rule and reign with him, filling the royal role that God gave humans from the very beginning. This is what it means to say that the resurrected would shine like stars. In the Bible, shining stars are symbols of royalty, as in Numbers 24:17, which says, A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. To be a star is to have a position of power in God's kingdom. So as we've seen throughout the book of Daniel, tyrants may oppress others in their pursuit of power, but in the end, seats of authority in God's kingdom are reserved for the humble and faithful. This is the promise for us today if we stay faithful to God. In a society that is not so different from Babylon, Persia, and Greece, many things may tempt us to ignore, abandon, or even live in direct contradiction to our faith. Our own cultural idols and comforts may draw us away from the justice that God desires for our communities. Like Daniel, we must have eyes to see these forces for what they are and the courage to resist them no matter the cost. God has, in a sense, already rescued and raised those of us who have pledged allegiance to Jesus the King. So with the power he's invested in us, our mission is to join him in bringing the good news of the kingdom of God on earth. For day 20, we're reading Daniel chapter 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by him, who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and a half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Brendan, do you want to take us through our discussion questions for day 20? First question. Now that you've read the book of Daniel, if someone was to ask you what it is all about, how would you summarize it? Question two, what is your biggest takeaway from Daniel? How have you been inspired to live differently as a result of reading this book? All right, Brendan, what's up with this chapter title? It says, The End Times. 
I thought we had said this wasn't the end times or the tribulation or rapture or any of that stuff. What's going on here? It's not that there are no end times elements necessarily. It's just that the book of Daniel isn't always fundamentally talking about that. I mean, there's a lot of debate and discussion about what this chapter in particular is getting at, but it does seem that it's highlighting that there will be a day when justice will prevail on behalf of those who have been slaughtered for being faithful to God. Because what we've read throughout the whole book, when people would be loyal to God, God would give them victory. He would rescue them and he would raise them up. That's what we saw chapter one, chapter two, chapter seven, the son of man suffers and he's given this throne next to the ancient of days. Throughout the whole book, there's rescue and raising of people. We get to chapter 11 and what people there experience is really like what a lot of us might experience at times in life. This idea that we might suffer at the hands of oppressors and never see that rescue. We might suffer at the hands of powerful people and never experience that raising that the kingdom of God is all about. And for these people in particular who were killed at the hands of Antiochus Epiphanes, where is justice? Where is that victory? Where is that promise that God will be faithful to those who are faithful to him? And I think what this chapter is trying to get at, at least the way I read it, is that this does anticipate a day where there will be justice, that the end for those who suffer this traumatic end isn't the end. There's new creation. There's new life. And so I think that's what it's getting at. Is it telling us what the new heavens and all this is going to look like? No. Is it telling us how things are going to shake out exactly? No, it's not a direct prediction of all the events. I don't think we should be reading it exactly that way, but it does get at this idea that there's going to be resurrection one day. You know, we've come through this season where we've come through an election. We still are dealing with racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. There's still a pandemic. One would hope that when we started recording this to when we finished that there would be some sort of resolution, but we knew there wasn't going to be. And, you know, there's still a lot to deal with. And this does give us a fair amount of hope for understanding that God is also in control. There's hope for new creation, but God is also still in control. It's kind of this idea we hearken back to from the very beginning of Daniel of God is the one giving power and taking power away. And he can do that when he sees and wills it. It's an important qualifier. We've talked about this before, but these chapters are a reminder for us that life isn't always going to go our way when we stay faithful to God. It's not always going to go exactly as we would plan, but that doesn't mean that God isn't faithful and that God isn't going to be at work and demonstrate his control. It just means that the way he does it may look a little bit different. I think we said that like on day nine or something we like that. You know, said, yeah. We said like following Jesus turns out is a lot more like following yeah. in Jesus's footsteps all the way to dying and suffering and then you'd ever want to be. So we're not going to get there because we're very, very privileged in that we aren't put to death for our ideologies or our thoughts very often. But that is true that we are going to have to die to self and humble ourselves and it's going to be difficult to go through and there's going to be suffering sometimes. You go back to the book of Mark. This is what Jesus said when he was on his way to Jerusalem, his journey to Jerusalem over and over and over again. It gave this picture of what the kingdom of God is like and what it looks like to be a follower of him. And when his disciples are fighting over positions of power in the kingdom, he says, no, no, no. What it means to be a follower of me means that you embrace the role of a servant. Those who want to be great in the kingdom of God, who want to be raised and elevated, well, you get that by taking the posture of a servant and suffering. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if that's what it looks like to be the Son of Man, which we read about in Daniel 7, that Son of Man who gets a position of authority next to the Father, you go through suffering and go through service and you give your life up. That's what it looks like. So there's this one like sort of passage near the end of chapter 12. It says, many will be purified, many made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. That's such an interesting little phrase because it does separate the wicked and the wise. Why is there this like separation almost? 
It's because not everybody has eyes to see. This whole book, we've been trying to get across this theme that to know wherever you are in the spectrum, whether you're a Daniel or you're Nebuchadnezzar, to know that the way this world is really set up, you have to have eyes to see. You have to have eyes to see that God is in control. And so if you're a Nebuchadnezzar, if you're a person with power and influence, you have to see that you only have that because of God. And if you're one of the oppressed, you have to have eyes to see that staying loyal to God is the best route. It's not giving over to the corrupt agendas of rulers like Nebuchadnezzar. It's saying, I'm going to stick to my guns and stick to what God is calling me to do, even if it costs me my life. So it's all about having eyes to see. And this is language Jesus uses in the Gospels. You know, it sounds really tough, but Jesus uses it. It's similar to what we read in Isaiah 6. I've always been so confused by it, but as I've been meditating on it more and more, it's like, no, this is sometimes what ministry is like. In Isaiah 6, there's this famous passage where Isaiah, he has this vision of God in the temple and a voice cries out, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? You remember we sing the song, here am I, send me, right? (laughs) Isaiah says, here am I, send me. It's so inspiring. And then you hear a voice that says, go and speak this message. And we never talk about this because the message is, it's really hard. It's be ever seeing, but never perceiving, be ever hearing, but never listening. Go and make these people's hearts callous so that they might not turn and relent. And I won't have to hold back my punishment from them. It's this idea that there are people who have become like the things they've worshiped. They've become like idols who are deaf, dumb, mute, and will not respond to God. And that's what we see in this world. I think there are people who get so set in their ways that they won't open their eyes to see that there actually might be a different way this world is supposed to operate. The wicked continue to be wicked. They won't change. And I think that's an important reminder for us to have this posture of humility that the whole book of Daniel has been trying to get at, that we need to be humble learners, listeners, because only when we assume that posture and have an intimate relationship with God are we going to live and be like the people he wants us to be. Yeah. If we believe that we've got it, then we've lost it, right? It's this idea of, like you said, like having eyes to see it's this mm-hmm. message. And, you know, we talked kind of halfway through the podcast too about this idea that apocalyptic literature and like reclaiming that idea, apocalypse is an unveiling, an eyes yeah. opening thing. But even in the spectrum of biblical literature, this is like a political cartoon. You know, this is something that we should look at these themes, take a step back from these stories in here and be like, what is being said about empire and systems and dreams and mm-hmm. prophetic visions? And what is the narrative being woven here? And mm-hmm. so, I'm curious, how would you summarize Daniel? It's one of our reflection questions. Like what's being said just like a little bit concisely about the world? And I'm, about God's kingdom. I've been saying this for 19 days. <laughs> okay, no, well, you some want me to, of us you didn't want me to listen to it. it very often. Yeah, what is Daniel saying? So in the book, we highlight four themes, and we've hammered these four themes home. But the way of, I would try to summarize it is, it's a book that tells us that God is in control, that God is the one who gives people power, that God is the king of kings. No one else is the king of kings. Anybody who has king, anybody who has influence, anybody who has power, they have that because of God. And because of that, those who claim to follow God, those who are the people of God, we need to stay loyal to him. We need to give him our allegiance. That's what it looks like to be a member of his kingdom, to say that every day I'm going to be committed to you no matter what difficulty I have to go through, no matter what corrupt kings are going to do to me, because I know that at the end of the day, you have control over them. And because of that, we have hope. That's another major theme I see in the book. This idea that if we're hurting, if we're suffering, if we've experienced abuse, there is hope. It's sometimes hard to see, but it's there because we know that God at the end is going to prevail because he's in control and he's a just and good God who sees what's happening to those who are oppressed. 
But to experience all that, you have to have the eyes to see. This overarching theme, you might say, that we have to experience the apocalypse if our eyes are closed, that we can't continue to be the wicked that that verse was talking about, right? We need to have our eyes opened to recognize that there's a bigger story. There's other things going on in the world that we aren't always attuned to because we're so set in our perspective. How would you summarize it? Oh, man. For me, like my sort of meditation when I read these things, especially the narrative pieces, is to really put myself in the place of these characters. And so that is, you know, something we've done from the beginning, like put ourselves in Nebuchadnezzar, put ourselves in Daniel, put ourselves in the Hebrew boys, (laughs) all this stuff. Like if we talk about the Hebrew boys real fast, you know, it's easy to glance over just like, oh, yeah. So they were told to worship this thing and then they didn't. And so they were thrown into the furnace and they were alive. But like, let's it really human about this. Like there's a moment where you have conversations with your friends and you're like, guys, like this is it. Like if we don't do this, we die. We have faith that God will save us, but they even say in there, even if he doesn't. Yeah. So it's not like that thought hasn't crossed their mind. That this might be the end. Yes. Yeah. This is really, really difficult human stuff. And every step of the way, you see yeah. radical faith and courage throughout all of it. Even Nebuchadnezzar to change his mind and change some of his policies and kill the people who did him wrong. Like yeah. that takes courage. And there's a lot of courage through Daniel. Yeah. And so for me, like it's having eyes to see and also naming the discomfort that comes from this human experience of Mm. when you have your eyes opened, your initial reaction is going to be to reject it, right? And to be like, you know what, this is a partisan view, or this is a biased view, or, you know, this is not a view that I've been taught and it's foreign to me and it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm going to reject it. Or it's so uncomfortable that you, I mean, what does Daniel do at the end of these visions? He mourns. Yeah. He grieves. He lays exhausted. Yes. He doesn't want it. I mean, that's human trauma, right? Like that's what we go through. And so for me, this is a very human book that's very, very like couched within this political cartoon, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have eyes to see these human experiences where Daniel does mourn, like trauma is hard. Pain is hard. Even if you have like faith in the outcome and faith that God is in control and faith is powerful, you are still going to get hurt. Yeah. It's still going to be really rough. And that's hopefully what we're showing through these stories. If you haven't read the feature stories in the book, if you haven't listened to the day six of the podcast where we go through people's stories in depth, you know, this is really difficult stuff, but we have to have courage that God sees our plight and is allowing it to happen to us. And that should give us courage to continue to operate in his spirit in the way that he would instruct for us to operate and act. Yeah, I think it's really important to emphasize that there's hope, but that doesn't take away the pain. Yeah. That doesn't take away the suffering and the discomfort. And if you haven't listened to those stories, you got to listen to them. They're amazing. I've been so inspired as I've been listening to these. So there's hope, there's a call to allegiance, but that doesn't mean that we don't have to go through the hard stuff. I'm curious because you asked this in the discussion questions as well, and this is kind of where I want to end this study how has Daniel affected you? What have you learned? What's like been applied to your life through this? What I've been learning is that God is my king. At election time, everybody says that, right? Everybody posts, well, it doesn't matter who wins. And as we're recording this, we don't know who's going to yeah, be the we president. Actually, we, we were really recording the know. last day and we we're a couple days after the election. Nothing has been called. Yeah. We have no idea. But the thing I see people posting all the time, Jesus is king no matter who's the president. And that's true. But because he's king, that means I have to live in a way 
in the ethics of the king. And so I need to be faithful to that, no matter what that means. You talk about courage. We got to be courageous and we're going to take the hits. We're going to get hurt sometimes. If you don't ever experience suffering, then you're probably not exactly following the way of Jesus. It's tough to do it. And what God is calling us to do is to remember he's the king and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live my life in the way that he desires. And no matter what kind of pain I go through, I know that God is going to see me. He's going to rescue me and he's going to raise me up. There will be a victory. I don't know when that victory will come about. I don't know when I'm going to experience that upside down kingdom as I walk through suffering, but I know God's going to be faithful if I stay faithful to him. That's what God's been teaching me. What's he been teaching you? I mean, a lot. This is the lucky thing that I get to do in doing this podcast or have gotten to do in this podcast is like, I just get to bring my questions and ask you like straight <laughs> up and everybody else gets to like think that I'm programming this and really it's just me trying to bumble through my own issues. <laughs> we, are, but, we are all bumbling through yeah, our own this issues. Is, you're all listening in on my discovery for this process. But what I have been learning is that there are always two sides of the story. And, you know, history says one thing about the Babylonian Empire and Daniel gives us an inside picture of what it looks like from a different view. And it says a lot about what happens from the other side of things. And for me, you can apply this to anything in our world mm -hmm. and anything in history. You talk about slavery in our country. Well, if the people who are oppressing are the ones writing the history they're going to look pretty good. Mm -hmm. But if it's the people who are oppressed that are writing the history, it's going to look totally different. And so for me, the question when I'm dealing with our election or the pandemic or race relations or even just like immigration or slavery or genocide around the world, you have to empathize with the people, even down to like our local communities and our local churches empathize with the people that have no power. What is the story that they're telling? And what is the story that's not being told because they have no voice? Mm. That's the question for me, because this story is an inspiration for the Jewish people. You know, that's why it was written down. That's why it's in the Bible is because it points to Jesus. It's here for a reason. And for us, it is important for us to tell the stories of the broken yeah. and the people without power. And for you, the listener, this is the one thing that I would hope you take away is in this season, particularly look at the story being told and who has no power and what is the story being told by the people who do have power and see if they line up because that's how you parse out how leadership is doing, right? Whether it's around the world or in your own life, in your own family, the people who have power and the people who are powerless, if they're telling the same story, that's a strong leader. That's what I've taken from Daniel. But that's because, you know, about halfway through, I shifted and realized this is a political cartoon. And, you know, that freedom of speech is not, you know, a comfort to a lot of people around the world. There's a lot of violence that happens because of political cartoons. But this is something that's been happening for centuries. And that's what I hope people would take with them. You have to listen to the voice of the voiceless, which is hard. It's hard because they don't always have a voice. Yeah. And so you have to look for it. Yeah. And that's what having eyes to see is really all about. Mm -hmm. So this is wrapping up the journey through Daniel with day 20, but it's also wrapping up the story of Brendan and I doing the journey study while on staff at Willow Creek Community Church. This is our last one. So that's been bittersweet. Honestly, like I kind of alluded to, this has been a blessing for me. It's allowed me to have conversations that I usually have around a fire with Brendan and share that with other people over the years. We've had different people on the podcast, mm -hmm. but we've also just like gotten to explore faith and dig really deep into scripture. And that's been a real blessing because we hear from you all and how yeah. 
much it's affected you. And honestly, I do it for me (laughs) because I know how much help I need. And for me, I'm like, man, if this helps one person, it was worth it. Mm. So for me, if you're that one person that this helped in any way and helped you see Jesus or helped you experience God, or at least just like ignited some sort of question, then that makes it all worth it for me. At the same time, it's really sad. We always have held this very loosely as something that we know wasn't going to last forever. And it's been really cool to see this. It's almost like a shooting star. We're talking about stars today at the end of Daniel. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, listen, just because the shooting star doesn't last very long doesn't mean it wasn't amazing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's what you have to do. You have to kind of appreciate it for what it was and hope to get another shooting star. It's been the greatest privilege of my career which is very, you know, I'm not, Yeah. <laughs> hopefully I have more of a career, but I'm sure you will. You'll be, you'll be all right. <laughs> I was just talking to someone the other day, just about like the call that I felt so clearly from God when I was in seminary, this desire to help bring the best of biblical scholarship to the local church, to the average person who doesn't always get to see how amazing scripture is. And to be able to do this, it's a privilege and I don't take it lightly. And so while I'm sad that this is over, I am so, so, so grateful for the opportunities we've had. And I'm so grateful for those of you who have listened. Every day I'm talking to people that I've never met, but you know me because you've taken time to listen to my story. You know Tyler because you've listened to his story. And that says a lot about you, that you would stick with us. (laughs) For real. It's unbelievable, actually. And I'm so thankful for the many of you who have done that, who have supported us, who have encouraged us. And we We've loved this. So thank you for doing that. Thank you to Willow for this opportunity, really, from the bottom of our hearts. For those of you who have told stories either here or to me over the years, you know, we've told lots of stories at our church on weekends or in print or in different ways and culminating with this journey book. Like, thank you. Like, this is a vulnerable experience. Thank you for trusting us, trusting me, trusting God that he wants to use that. I would challenge all of you to tell your stories and look, kind of like I said at the end of Daniel, like look for the stories that are not being told. Look for the voiceless and seek them out. And there's always going to be two narratives, one that is coming from power and one that is coming from the powerless. And I think you'll find the one that's coming from the powerless. Those are the ones that can really teach us on how to change and be better and be more like Jesus. I know that's done that for me, even just working here. The stories that I've gotten to hear and accept and work through, those are the things that I mourn for those people and the experiences that they've had, but that pain makes us better. And I know that's done that for me. So thank you to all of you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the positive feedback over the years. And we'll see where this next journey takes us. Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Daniel podcast. If this is your first time, so glad that you checked us out. To check out even more resources, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check us out at willowcreek.org.